let's move on to the next topic. Uh, Cliff, you've got Ted Cruz. <laughs> What's to say Tucker about Ted Cruz? Because he was on, on his show. Oh, my God. I love, look at that. There he is with his little suitcase. Remember that? Yeah, well, the so Cancun he, thing? I mean, if there's ever been a, a more pathetic human uh, <laughs> in existence on this earth, I'm not aware of it. I mean, I suspect that Ted Cruz, and so what happened was, of course, he made a statement on January 6th that those that attacked the Capitol were terrorists, which, of course, they are. And I think he very purposely, I'll agree with Tucker Carlson on this, he very purposely chose his language. Why? Because they're starting to get interested in him. Remember Peter Navarro, who basically seems like it just doesn't know that our laws are saints, he's beyond them too. It's like, oh yeah, I was planning a coup, sure. Here are the people we were talking to and we were relying on. And Ted Cruz was listed. Right? Rocking about his Rolodex. Yeah. Exactly. He's like, oh, I was talking to Ted Cruz. And you yeah. know, so Cruz has popped up a number of times, right? Right. I mean, remember the guys that were video, those guys that were digging through people's desks when they broke into the Capitol said something they found Cruz is like, oh, Ted Cruz would be okay with this. Now they may have just been talking and making stuff up. I don't know that they spoke with him, but I do trust that Peter Navarro spoke with him and that Mm -hmm. it was coordinated. And it wasn't just a coincidence that Ted Cruz spoke that Mm -hmm. day. And then also that he was one of the nine senators that voted against, that voted to overthrow our election. Let's be honest. I think Ted Cruz was involved in it from the start and must have been, but uh, you know, he did call it a terrorist attack, which I thought was stunning. That's why I think he's overcompensating. So he was Uh, overcompensating on the other side. Like, oh yeah, they're terrorists because I think he's trying to, he's getting a little worried because the house, unlike over the DOJ, this house committee seems to be doing their job. They're leaking stuff out brilliantly. As Sherry was pointing out about what they've done to Sean Hannity, it's probably because Liz Cheney is there and she's better at this than any Democrat will ever be. But, you know, so I think maybe Cruz is getting nervous and he felt the need to sort of strongly condemn it, but they won't let him. And so Tucker Carlson, if you ever needed to know, you know, and ask the question, who controls the Republican Party? Many of us have been saying for a long time now, it's the entertainment complex. It's the Alex Joneses. And when he was with us, Rush Limbaugh's and Fox News. So Ted Cruz, a guy that came in second in the presidential run and is one of the bigger names in the Senate, says something and 24 hours later is literally groveling before Tucker Carlson because Carlson called him out and it said, how dare you call them terrorists and blah, 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 blah. blah. Fact, he calls him out and says, you know, I know you better. I know you were telling me the truth. Yep. And then and then Ted Cruz says no, he was being sloppy and dumb, which yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. He is sloppy. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that dumb beard, sometimes. Come on. What, what he's not dumb, though. But he was telling no, the truth that dumb. night, or was he telling the truth? And that's really what we're asking on the poll uh, below there. Uh, was Ted Cruz forced to apologize by somebody? Was he sloppy and dumb in reality, or was he telling the truth the night before? And those aren't necessarily the only options, of course, but I would say so, well, you guys could vote on narrative.org forward slash TV. Tell us what you think about what happened there. <laughs> Go ahead, Cliff. Essentially, I'll, uh, the summary is simply he went to the boss and he, apo- and he groveled. That's what happened here. Who's the boss? Fox is the boss. Who's the boss? It's Fox, News. Fox. Fox News is their boss at this point. I think there's a bigger, you know, we always see it. We talk about it a lot. We talk about this overarching, you know, community of very powerful billionaires of the CNP of, you know, perhaps people from other countries as well who are operatives who are uh, have a lot of invested into um, America becoming disrupted and chaotic. But there does seem to or be more oligarchs. than, yeah, the Coke brothers or the you know what's left of them this just seems like there's a lot of powerful people and we never talk about them uh like they're a real thing but i think that you're right i think there is a boss and ted cruz got a call from whoever's paying his check and said hey you can't say that you're gonna go on fox news and apologize tomorrow and that's why he did what he did remember sure. he was the guy that had uh cambridge analytica behind him had the mercers right. behind him right. at first in the primary because i remember Corey lewandowski telling me in may of 2015 uh because they were trying to convince me that they had all these people 
they were talking with and, you know, really important because they're trying to convince me that they were for real. Yeah. I didn't even know who Corey was. I didn't know he was even going to be there at that lunch. They sort of admitted they ambushed me because they couldn't get people to meet with them. I was wow. just having lunch with a friend. And I said, what about Kellyanne? I, I think I knew that she knew Trump wow. or lived in the building. And he said, oh, well, uh, you know, she... Apparently, he had a meeting set up with her, and she stood him up. I said, stood you up as in you had a place and time set up, and she didn't show? And he said, yeah. He goes, oh, she's she's got crews in that, you know, the Cambridge Analytica or the Mercer money or something. Well, when the Mercer switched from Cruz to Trump, Kellyanne and George went with him. Mm-hmm, you know, they exactly. move they move where the money was. So, you know, we think that MAGA is so gullible, but, you know, we've got some on our own side. You got to be really careful who you make your heroes because there's people infiltrating different parts of movements. Every You know, you got to look at what their agenda is. And if you're big in CMP and the Federalist Society, you know, just look at, say, what does Leonard Leo want? Mm-hmm. And whatever Leonard Leo wants, he's going to send people out there to do it. Uh, he controls a lot. And the people who give him money you know, they have an agenda. And so it's important to know this stuff. You know, we do so much in social media, it's kind of the wild, wild west. But you know, you're right that there are key players that we don't hear about that much, mm-hmm. who pull the strings. And so Ted Cruz, uh, they know that Fox News obviously is a part of that. But it, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. It is CMP. It is a federal society as Leonard Leo. It's, mm-hmm. you know, the surviving Koch brother, you know, at Which one point, when, a little when, bit of it when, was Sheldon Adelson. When he leaves, you know, when Donald Trump exits the stage, which will probably be before the next election, in my opinion, there'll be somebody else who's going to be just as powerful, not really powerful, but will still be responding to these bosses. But, you know, he'll be replaced by another figurehead. Donald Trump is not, it's not about getting rid of Donald Trump. It's not about getting Donald Trump in jail. It's about trying to figure out how to weaken this infrastructure that's, you know, supporting the It's producing all these lunatics. I mean, that's the, was the point I was making earlier that that was the one thing that Democrats in general and Biden's speech, which I think otherwise is a great speech, but, you know, and I know what Sherry's saying, we have to, create a place for people who are have been Republicans who want to move away. At the same time, you know, when it comes to elected Republicans, Republican elites, whatever, we can't pretend when, you know, 137, 139 or whatever House members vote to overturn our election that this is just Donald Trump. And when you've got people sending anime of AOC being beheaded and we've got people, you know, who might have planted pipe bombs, but certainly are giving so much COVID, you know, vaccine disinformation, they get kicked off of Twitter, like Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I mean, these people, they were all meeting, you know, with in their hotel war room with Trump. And there's a long list of them. And I guess as we'll find out more from the House Committee, I mean, this is endemic to this this party right now to move up to that level. I mean, you look how quickly Kevin McCarthy turned around and went down and to Mar-a-Lago and kissed Trump's spot. To kiss the mm. ring. Yeah. So, mm. Yep, exactly. You have, to, so, you have I, to pull Trump out. We have to pull it out by the roots and kill it. Uh, you're yep. right. It's not just about Trump. At this point, it's Trumpism. You know, Cliff, I know you've done campaigns and you know, you can't let up. And you can't concede and you can't say, oh, well, I think this one seems sincere or Mm. I don't really believe that Merrick Garland, you know, feels the same as Barr. Despite evidence to the contrary, you have to look at what, you know, look at what people Mm. listen to what they do, not what they say. And you can't let up. And I think when we want too much to be you know, kumbaya or unify or get happy talk or someone's a doomsayer. It's like we are in a really, really difficult point in our nation's history. And what we do in the coming weeks, months, mm. year determines, I think, the future of the country. And I mean, people say this yeah. every election. This is most important. This We're in a critical period oh, right yeah. now. This one really matters. And when you, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are representing themselves as something different than what they are. So, you know, the way to do it is just don't let up. If something doesn't feel right, if someone doesn't feel right, if something's not happening, pound them. Don't feel sorry for them. You yeah. pound them. If it is their job to get something done, do it. If somebody who's been a leader on something starts sounding a little bit squishy on some yeah. things, confront them on it. And don't worry about 
you know, their people feelings. getting mad at you. Yeah, yeah they're feeling. I think when it comes to Republican, <laughs> Republican perspective, yeah, brutal, you. <laughs> right? No, the, but she's opponent, when it comes to not losing a democracy. Yeah. I think I would sum it up as better safe than sorry. Absolutely. You can apologize later. Yeah. Yes. So the polling: Ted Cruz was forced to apologize. Seventy-eight percent of you, sloppy and dumb, eighteen percent, and telling the truth, eight percent. On the chat rooms, people are saying Ted Cruz is bought and sold. Sharon again saying forced to apologize. Let's see what Mark T is saying here. That Ted Cruz, leader of the Green Bay Sweep, need narrative sports centers. Own Greg Oliar for an interpretation. Yes, Greg, we need your interpretation. We're next year on the show. We're going to do this. And there's a few more here. Uh, Stacy says we have to dump our cable if any Fox affiliate programming is on there, which is every cable outlet. Yes, even the ball games, etc. I don't think anyone's going to go stream, TV. Folks. Yeah, stream exactly. And finally, Jennifer Cohen on to talk about machine issues. She's an expert and has no much info. So I've spoken to Jennifer. We may have her on. We, who knows? We'll see what happens in the future. So She's great. Yeah, yeah, she is really smart yeah, about is. these things. She is, yeah. So let me talk a little bit about Charles Johnson, who was on the show yesterday. And I think it is actually kind of relevant to what we're talking about right now, because I think people are so offended by Charles because of the many things that he's done in the past that they can't really <laughs> hear what he's saying. Um, and what he's saying is kind of really important. So I am not going to ask either of you to, uh, you know, to defend him in any way or, or defend me in any way. But I will say that, you know, for my money, there was a lot of people angry at me for putting him on. I was expecting that. And that's why I did all the work that I did to verify him. And it wasn't your typical work of verifying him. I went to every you know official source that I could get. And there was many of them at many three letter agencies that you can name. They all back him up. There's not like like this guy's just out there on his own saying, you know, I know all the stuff. So that's one thing, you know, when I say vetted, I don't mean, mean the facts are vetted. He is vetted. He is also the founder of three different companies. One of them is Clearview, which is a, you know, a very challenging company for some people because it's facial recognition. On the other hand, it's also the company that the FBI contracts with for facial recognition. I don't think they would be contracting with a company for facial recognition if they knew the founder was, you know, some terrible pedophile or whatever other things that people might be saying that he is. So I think there's some critical things about what he was saying that people are missing because of his history. Clearly, he had some really bad decisions that he made earlier on. And clearly, you know, just aligning himself with Breitbart and Bannon wasn't the smartest thing to do in the world. But he is now a Biden supporter, and he is now willing to reveal that he, during that time, of what he was involved in. I think that's very valuable for the first time we've actually had someone on the inside there saying, yeah, they did go after the alt-right in a way to build up the space that was going to be violent and maybe led up to January the 6th. I think that's, you know, important for us to be able to hear, even though we may not love everything he did in the past. And I don't know if he loves everything that he did in the past. I think he's, a, he's quite upset about some of it. But, you know, nevertheless, that's what he did. There's so much that he's adding to the conversation right now that I feel like it's, you know, there's a challenge in this community where people aren't listening to the other side. They're not even willing to listen to the other side, no matter which side you're on. So you've got the Republicans stuck in a MAGA world. You've got the left side stuck in the left. And what you get is January the 6th because no one is willing to talk to each other. And I really, that's uh, what I think the lesson out of yesterday was for me in terms of the whole January 6th of uh, one year on is that we are still stuck in this incredibly divided country where, you know, 88% of people think that the democracy is in trouble across the board, but we all think it's in trouble for different reasons. And until we sort it out, we're going to be heading into a very conflicted situation going forward. So without having to ask you to talk about, you know, putting in the position of talking about Charles, but, you know, when you think about the polarization of this country, and when you think about how do we fix this in the next 10 months, do you guys have any idea of how you might pull that off, how we might pull that off? How do we get to unity? 
I don't think that you can do anything if Trump isn't indicted for his crimes and the people around him. I just don't see the people who, you know, we knew Democrats are going to vote Democrat, go vote blue. They're going to always have the base. But in the midterms and in 2024, if there aren't indictments, people aren't going to turn out to vote. Uh, that'll be the biggest voter suppression than anything the Republicans could do. I mean, you can't get people ginned up for something and then. But we're not going to get like him. That. I don't think and we're going to get an indictment of Donald Trump. Maybe in I, then New I York think State. We're in serious trouble. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I think, I think we'll, yeah. democracy is um, in serious trouble. And I, no I think that'll, that'll be such a disappointment um, that people who you know voted Democrat for the first time in their life or the first time in a long time or maybe voted for the first time in their life uh, because they were so concerned and terrified and angry and just assuming that under you know the Democrats have the House and the Senate and the White House and just assuming that this would happen and then we're in a situation now where we've seen nothing there is more than concern there's fear uh, more than a sense of betrayal just I think people are terrified that there's nothing we can do because if you can't do this by electing people who are in a position to do it and they're simply not doing it and we aren't told why we have Where to be told why. I think the truth is really important here. And, you know, going back to Charles, I think it's one of the reasons he's stepping out from, you know, an interesting role, which may be that he maybe he's breaking a cover. I don't know. But he's certainly trying to get some truth out about how foreign influencers and foreign operatives are in our system, that there's a lot of blackmail and a lot of corruption in our political parties by foreign governments. It's, you know, it's one of the things he's, he's made clear point on yesterday. Well, we know that, though. I mean, they all, yeah, I, I think, mean, you know, Putin, Putin showed off to the rest of the world that he could get U.S. Uh, senators and House members to go the 4th of July to Moscow. Right. I mean, that was but just it, Putin showing the rest of the world how he was able to do this in America. He didn't pick yeah. that date arbitrarily. Right. Absolutely. Right. No, no. And that date was, was quite purposeful. And I mean, I was going to say mm -hmm. the, the thing is, Putin seems to, obviously by far seems to be the worst, but like, you know, we've got Mike Flynn for Turkey is going to rendition somebody out of our mm. country. And we right. don't think that somehow, I mean, that these guys, and for all we know, you know, uh, it's still suspicious of Jared's connections to Saudi Arabia. And, and Israel. And, and, and they're Israel. murdering, and they're, right, and Israel too, and Netanyahu, but they're murdering a journalist, mm -hmm. you know. And so, I mean, that's the problem is that we've got these, these sort of the borders of countries have disappeared and money gets across borders and messages get across borders with social media. And the problem is, is that you've got in these corrupt countries now, these people that have stolen, you know, the country's money to the tune of billions, they can pay off American journalists and American politicians. I mean, does anybody think, Dave, you know, even Kevin McCarthy himself, when he was caught in a moment, so he thought that Donald Trump and Dana Rohrabacher were being paid, mm -hmm. right? Rohrabacher was, was a right. member of Congress, <laughs> right? And I've right. asked, right, on my show, we've had, you know, Malcolm Nance, and we've had some people that I think are very smart people about sort of national security and these kinds of matters. And, and I, you know, we've had these conversations because it just, it doesn't make no sense to me as somebody who hopefully can critically think and look at patterns that, oh, we're going to buy off Trump and one congressman. If you can buy off one congressman, you've bought off 30 congressmen. Mm -hmm. And if you've bought off 30 congressmen, you've bought off 100 journalists. They're journalists who I see, who I've looked at on the left and the right, who used to at least, they may be quirky opinions, but they were their own opinions. And suddenly lock, stock and barrel, they're saying what's either coming from Russia or coming from China or coming from, like, I think this stuff, so I don't know what Charles Johnson knows. I just found it fascinating that when you had him on, I'm like, I don't think I've heard that guy's name in however long. I didn't even know where he was and what Relevant. he was doing. I, you it took know, me a lot of time uh, to actually convince him to come on, you know, and it's kind of the things everyone's like, well, how did he book himself on your show? I mean, I don't have bookers. I have me. I get, I, you know, I called people who know what happened who are in the room a lot of the time because I want to know the facts. If I'm putting together a narrative on what happened with Bannon in a certain period of time, I know Charles Johnson was in the room. I'm going to try to reach out to him. I'm going to try to reach out to Bannon to find out what they said and what was going on. They were there. I can't decide what was happening just on my own. 
And I think, you know, Charles is one of those people who is willing to share that information. I think, you know, it's relevant to maybe his change of opinion, but also because I do think he plays a unique role, which is not as clear to people as it is. And you have to sort of read between the lines of some of the things he was saying yesterday. But, uh, you know, I don't think he's an unpatriotic person. I would put it that way. And I think he's definitely got America's interests at heart in a lot of this, even though I know people like to focus on things he has said in the past, which are horrific and terrible things. But there are also things that he might have said under cover for a particular reason or another. And I, you know, I'll leave that for him to discuss at a different time. Can I just go to something that Cliff was saying? You were talking about journalists being paid off or whatever. I may have said this before on this show, but in the summer of 2015, I was living in New York and I was at Fox News a couple times a week on Fox, Fox Business. So I was there in the studios and it was really odd. You know, this is before we anything about anything. Mm. Um, And I had never experienced this before. Here we had what? 15 people in the primary and you'd expect, you know, Fox to go right and the others to go left when he eventually had nominees, but I'd never seen anybody backing a primary candidate, particularly, you know, well, I take that back. There was McCain Bush, you know, but when it's down like, but not at this stage. Hmm. And I've been around a long time and I've been, you know, part of the K street crowd for different presidential campaigns and late night, you know, meetings with them. So I've been, you know, at the table and Every time I would go to Fox that summer, where one time people be talking about Trump or some stupid thing he did, what a buffoon he was. And these are people I'd known for a long time. And it seemed like each week somebody had flipped mm-hmm. and it didn't make any sense. And they were saying they were like Stepford Wives, you know, and I remember like Charles Payne. It's like, wait, last week we were both laughing about, you know, what an asshole Trump was and what a buffoon he was. And now it's like, oh, I don't know. And mm-hmm. you were seeing this. And I remember... Dana Perino even telling me, you know, we'd be damning. She's like, I don't understand my colleagues, you know, Mm. one by one, because she saw it because she was not a Trump supporter then. You know, Eric Bowling, of course, he was supposedly tight with Ivanka, whatever. But it was really, again, for somebody who'd been around for decades and been this close to it, this was weird to me, just weird. And I would get down, I'd leave the building and I'd right away be out there, you know, Sixth Avenue on the phone, I, you know, call my mom or something, say, that was really weird. But it was like, for no particular reason, one by one, they were yep. flipping. So, Cliff, maybe they were being paid. Well, there's a lot yeah. of money. If you think about it, it's easy corruption. to do. And, and it, yeah, there's all of that. And the truth of the matter is, even if they're making, you know, you're a Fox contributor or whatever, even if you're making half a million dollars a year, you know, Putin has billions. Mm-hmm. And so do some of these others we're talking about. I mean, somebody comes and offers you, you know, to them offering you $2 million a year is like what they find in their sofa cushions, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's nothing. Yeah. For you, it's life-changing. You know, you being one. And let's be very clear, I'd tell them where to stick it. But, you know, like, I mean, and I'm not claiming to be perfect or whatever. It's just I do. But there's money. Like there's a lot of money. And when you look at, you know, as I pointed out on various shows in the recent past, you look at where the money's coming for Trump. It's all coming out of China. Like when he's building all these SPACs and his whatever he's doing with his truth media company, well, that money is coming from China. So he can't be that anti-China if he's accepting all this money and if Ivanka and Jared are making a fortune of China and if Adelson got all his money from China then guess what it's possible that he's pro-China but just pretending to be anti-China I'm um, sure you know, oh. actually, I, mean, <laughs> I mean come on Pompeo is invested in that company yeah, over right. in China I mean you start looking in all of them I mean I'm sorry and if anybody dares to try to call me racist for this mm. I swear but I mean Mitch McConnell's connection I mean people were pointing out that he didn't just marry someone from China 
He married someone whose dad was like roommates with one of the top members of the Communist Party there. I mean, there's always to me been questions there Mm -hmm. about what that connection was. I mean, can you imagine on the Democratic side? Oh, no, I just happened to marry somebody whose dad was, you know, roommates with the head of the Communist or one of the top people in the Communist Party in China. Anybody who thinks there wasn't some sort of influence there. I mean, I think this stuff is here, Sherry. I think it's here horribly right now, Mm. but I think in some level it's been going on here for a good generation. But I do think this is the autocracy thing. This is the autocracy threat. Is this money threat? I mean, this is a lot of mob money. It's a lot of, you know, dirty money. That is what's buying up our system. That is what's changing our mind, you know, from being a democracy into an autocracy. It's the money and it's dirty money and it's coming from overseas and from places that you would never want to admit that you're getting your money from. But that's what's the problem right now. That's a harder problem to solve than just telling well, you Well, I mean, in, in any, you know, they find it. The people that they need to control or silence or at least get them to not go after this person or that person, they, they know what their financial issues are, their piccadillas. You know, they find a way to put money in your pocket and to the degree possible control you, you know, and they do that. But I was just thinking, Murdoch's ex-wife, Wendy Deng, rumored to have been dating Putin. And also the intelligence community has identified her as a spy for the Chinese. So they told Jared and Ivanka to stay away from her, which they didn't. And she's also responsible for putting the two of them together, by the way. Oh, sorry. They were about to break up at some point and and then she put them together. It's all very suspicious, right? I mean, it just feels like- So she was with Rupert Murdoch. She was with Putin. she the one? I'm trying to remember. Was she also with Tony Blair, or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't know about the Tony Blair thing. Maybe I may be wrong about mm-hmm. it. So I'm, I'm just asking. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I mean, like that's the thing. Like you know, and that's why whether Charles Johnson says it or whoever says it, when people are like, a lot of these people aren't who you think they are. You know, a lot of people are they're being infiltrated. I mean, look, Maria Butina. I mean, we see it again and again. Yeah. So, I mean, why would we be shocked? I think it's really important for us to note that and sort of see that universe because if we don't see it, you know, we'll keep getting, you know, not understand why the efforts we're putting in in terms of exposing the truth aren't really working. They're not working because they control the media, they control a lot of the uh, politicians, and they control a lot of the influences. So that's why we well, don't and bots to- and trolls. Even yeah, if yeah, you go on exactly. Twitter and you say this stuff, and all of a sudden you get attacked, and then there's some accounts that will kind of befriend you and they're kind of be lurking. And then, you know, Mm. I'm not going to say which ones, but I've noticed a couple that now seem to be doing a weird kind of turn and a little bit pushing too hard on things that don't quite add up. And um, they lurk for a while, right? They just sort of stick there and you need to see better there. Well, I think they do it because they want to become friends with certain people who are influencers on on Twitter and they want to find out what you're up to. So it's just standard, you know, stuff that people do. I mean, remember when I, I was catfished and everything, they have all this stuff that they do. And so you have to be careful, you know, yeah, who absolutely. you trust. If something doesn't smell right, you know, I mean, there was a, an account, you know, a little while ago that I'd been in touch with here and there, and I've noticed just weird stuff coming out of it uh, saying, well, you know, Trump didn't really have anything to do. He wasn't one of the planners. They're not going to get him for one six. And oh, you can't go after obstruction of justice. And uh, because it's been too long, you have to, oh, it's just weird stuff of somebody who had pretended to be so anti-Trump. And now when the chips are down, we're getting close to something, this account is going the other direction. And then you go to click on the link the profile and it's a dead link for whatever mm-hmm. the company is you know hmm, and uh, yeah this is an account that's been around for like five for me, years that's yeah. just because i forgot to pay my bills sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> now we know cliff uh, we're almost out of time but i just want to uh, some comments from people people are asking more about this undercover stuff in the three letter agencies i'm not saying that he works for a three-letter agency i'm not even saying that he doesn't believe what he said i think he does believe a lot of things about Hillary and he thinks he does believe a lot of things that he said, some of which I, most of which I challenged last night during the interview. 
you know, he's not of the same opinion of a lot of people, but he is on the same page as many of us, I think, on the fact that Trump is a mob integrated guy, that he was heavily influenced by foreign operatives, that there were more foreign operatives in that administration than ever, and that the administration was a complete disaster. He's very concerned about the role that Jared had. And he was also basically, and I haven't heard any operative from the Trump side say this, that they do believe, he does believe that there was a lot of collusion, that there was a foreign interference in that election. Oh, yeah. uh, you don't get a lot Big of Trumpers time. saying that. I know we all think that, but you know, for us to yeah. have an opportunity to hear that from someone who was in that circle, you know, I don't have a well, problem. I, I, I want to be pretty clear, like, just to say quickly, like, we don't mm. think it. We know it. It happened. Mm, I mean, yes. it's, like, it's all how you want to define words. The fact that people, they can get us to the point where we have to say it that way because they push back so much. It's like, you know, Manafort handed over polling till Kilmenik, who handed it over to Putin. Mm -hmm. That's collusion. I mean, even beyond anything else, if they had never done anything else, that's collusion. They shared information and the Russians acted upon that. So, I mean... Well, and maybe even close. on election night. Remember, there's a media consortium on election day that has, they do exit polling and it's kept under wraps. And then at five o'clock, the different members of the media consortium get those exit polling numbers. They are not to show to anyone. At 5.01, an ABC News guy who was friends with Dave Bossie, who was deputy campaign manager for Trump, called the campaign, called Bossie and gave him the numbers and said, you guys are losing. Mm -hmm. And here's where you're losing. That's a very big and story they, that people ignore a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so Manafort got it, obviously. And Trump apparently turned to Melania and said, we lost. And all of a sudden, you know, the magical unicorn thing happened. And these states that had Trump down in polling, but they were close enough. All of a sudden, they patched together just the right of 77,000 votes divided between three key states in just the right way to make sure that it put them over the edge with the Electoral mm -hmm. College. And you can't forget that a whistleblower famously said at one point, you know, a few years before that, I guess a Carl Rove had apparently said that if it's within three points, uh, you can cheat undetected. Absolutely. And that is stuck in my mind because I think what happened, I'll just say it. I think what happened is Manafort, you know, was able to make a call and something happened. And, Absolutely. You know, I have Jennifer Cohen on. She'll talk to you about this. Look, I remember the 2008 uh, election. Happened. I was at CBS and we got the polling in at five o'clock. We knew Obama was over the top a long way. We knew exactly what was going on. It was like six hours before it was called. And we knew, okay. we knew at 5 p.m. We knew exactly by in minute detail how every little district was going to was going to vote and that's just what happens inside the networks they have that data so that information that you're sharing there about uh, how that can, information can easily yep. be used to flip the votes at the last minute 100 percent that can happen and if and, Manaf and manafort had that information which means that putin whoever the operators were they had it too and all and you needed to do was just yeah. move a few votes in one direction and you'd be able to achieve all of that uh, a couple of comments okay. from people online saying i just would have appreciated a little more context on charles last night he seemed a like a reformed man, and yet he, I was appalled when researching him later. Well, you know, you have to go back and listen to that interview very carefully. There are a lot of interesting clues that he talks about, but you sort of have to read between the lines of some of those because, you know, obviously he can't discuss things as clearly as one would want. And as a reformed man, I think he supports Biden. I don't think he's a reformed man he's, in terms of Hillary. I still think he feels Hillary is a uh, compromise and also you know, a criminal in some ways because of the Clinton uh, Global Foundation. Some people think that. I haven't seen anything to verify that. What else do we need? Uh, okay, one more comment from here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure many Democratic leadership are also compromised, but it's not such a complete takeover. I think, I don't know, what do you guys think? Are Democratic Party leaders also compromised? No, I don't know. I haven't seen that. I, I, I mean, no, that's what I would say. I, I mean, is it possible? 
well, anything's possible, but I've seen absolutely zero evidence of it. So, I mean, yeah, there's no reason. Yeah, it must be all politicians have in some way are influenced. Uh, it's, you know, well, some Democrats, yeah. you know, not leadership. Like, yeah, is there a reason to think Joe Manchin might be? Perhaps. Yeah. There, I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, there's yeah. definitely reason to think some Democrats are. Absolutely. In cinema, for I'm sure, not. just judging by her clothing budget, but everybody else. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's, we're in for a very difficult run this year, but I thank God we have a Democratic Party that seems so principled and is willing to fight. You know, I'll be interested to see who will replace Pelosi. That is going to be an interesting battle because I think it'll change the dynamics going forward. Uh, last thoughts from you guys. And also tell me if you want to promote anything. Let's start with you, Sherry. Well, I don't have anything to promote. Um, as you know, I just coming off a year, my cancer year. You so look great, I'm just glad by the way. I have my to hair say, is yeah, going you back. Really, you really do. Back to doing this a little bit. And I have clear scans. And so I'm looking Yay. forward to for that. We're so yeah, thrilled to yeah. hear that. And you look fantastic. Yeah. And it's so great to have you back. So welcome and back. So I hope to be getting back to doing something. I don't know what it'll be. And yet. it's at Sherry Jacobus. At Sherry Jacobus. You can go to my website, which has a lot of my old stuff, my old podcast stuff on it. And that's uh, SherryJacobus.com. You can see a lot of stuff that I've written and, you know, what I did up until it was about a year ago when I had to shut everything down and take care of business. <laughs> it's been one, yeah. one difficult year. Well, I'm so glad you're well healthy and back. So that's, that's great. Yep. Thank you. And Cliff Schechter, I don't have your logos. Last time I had your logos, I apologize. But you can tell us a little bit about the Unprecedented podcast and yeah. whatever else you want to talk about. Well, yeah. So you can find that. It's Unprecedented because we na named it purposely to make fun of Donald Trump, who didn't know how to spell unprecedented. And we wanted to unprecedent him. So it's a double entendre, if you will. It's very good. Uh, you know, I host, yeah, I'll co-host that with John Aravosis. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, grab it at go iTunes and other spots. And we're on Patreon. We've had Sherry on. We'll have to have you on, Zeb. Oh, I'd love to. Ma many other folks. And we, you know, talk about the issues of the day. I've got a firm, Blue Amp Strategies. You know, we wrote some TV ads for Joe Biden and some other people. So we do that. We do PR. And otherwise, just find me um, at Cliff Schechter. Exactly. Dude, the name on the screen there is my, I made it very easy for you to find me on Twitter. It's just that combined into one Same word. Same here. And the at. It's good when Same people here. do that. It makes it a lot easier. Cliff, what would you think of the current advertising and marketing effort around Biden? How do you think they're doing? I wish, I think I was saying this earlier, there just needs to be, they need to better explain the economic plans and what's mm -hmm. happening. It's, it's an incredible story, frankly. And with the resistance on COVID, what they got in that original COVID bill, what that did for us is an incredible story. The checks that were sent to people's homes and they need to tell that story. They need to pick a few mm -hmm. things and right hammer it home every day in every possible medium, you know, constantly. And so yeah. I'm hoping they'll get, we'll hear more of that. There must be so Otherwise, much uh, real elation that came up, uh, with those checks and how much excitement there was from people. You yeah, know, we haven't seen it. We just haven't been able to see it, partly because of COVID, but you're right. Very good point. Well, thank you both, Sherry Jacobus and Cliff Schechter. Thank you for being here on a Friday night on the After Show. It's always great to have you on, and hopefully we'll see you Thanks again Thanks for soon. having us. And for you at home, we'll see you again next Tuesday with Narrative Continues Our Investigation, and we'll show you a little bit more about Charles Bowsman, the uh, Russian operative who was spotted on Capitol Hill on January the 6th. That's coming up on Tuesday. We'll see you then. Have a great weekend, everybody. Narrative is made possible by viewers like you. Join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. That's patreon.com forward slash narrative.